Hello. Jumbo, karibu sana, as we say in East Africa. For those of you joining us online, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for joining us. And folks in the room, it's good to be here, isn't it? While the COVID-19 storm is coming down, it has left in its way a few things. If you are like me, some broken relationships have been left that need reconstruction. That's why we need the reconstruction. Uh, some health and financial challenges that need fixing. And the storm of COVID-19 has left behind some trust, some trust and self-esteem issues that need to be built back better. So I am dressed this morning like Bob the Builder because we are going to be talking about God the Builder. Yes, we can. So, uh, as we come to this place to go to the builder, he alone can fix us as we go through the challenges that we've been going through. So, we are continuing on our series on hope. In chapter one, Andy and Kendi spoke on the hope of a new birth and uh, the new capacity God gives us to pursue holiness. Our topic today is the hope of a new identity. We take our reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. Words will come up on the screen, but... Oh, the screen is not working. All right, I am your screen today. So, words will not come up, so you better get your gadgets, get your Bible, turn them to 1 Peter 2, 4 to 10. As you find that place, I will pray. Dear God, we know you can fix us. Thank you for Jesus, our chief cornerstone. Please open our eyes to perceive what you are doing among us. Holy Spirit, kindly give me utterance to boldly declare the heart of God today. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say, Amen. Thank you for typing that, you guys online. Type Amen. The living stone and the chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture, it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious stone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. 
But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is the word of God. Thanks be to God. As you come to him, this you is plural. It presents a present continuous tense as you come and keep coming to him, to Jesus. This passage is about what happens when a person or a community of people like you and I decide to pursue Jesus. The great reconstruction program that we are about to talk about, Bob the Builder, only happens when we come to Jesus, happens as we come and keep coming. Have you come to Jesus yet? If not, I am offering you an invitation to come to him now. You too can say yes and join this great reconstruction and transformation program which Jesus is unleashing this morning. Yes, you too can. You can say yes to Jesus. Just repeat this simple prayer after me. Words will come up on the screen. I've seen the screen working now. Just say these words and believe them, mean them from your heart. If this, you haven't known Jesus yet. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge you are my Lord and my Savior. Please forgive me my sins. Come. Be my Lord and Savior. And all God's people say, Amen. If you have said that prayer for the first time today, welcome to the family. Welcome wherever you are, online and present here. Make my day and click on the button on the screen or type in the chat, Jesus, I come. Let heavens know, let the earth know that you came to Jesus this morning. Let's continue with our passage. As we come to him, the living stone. Stone is the most inanimate, inanimate thing I know. It's the most dead thing. There's no sense of life in a stone. Therefore, saying living stone is an oxymoron. Like saying, same difference, seriously funny, or student teacher, sweet misery, or silent scream. Two words that mean opposite things, but when they come together, they make sense. You, as you come to Jesus, as we come to Jesus, that is actually what happens. God does exactly that, turns us, gives us, a completely new identity. It's an oxymoron. He turns our opposite old dead nature into something else. What was dead stones into living, loving, kind stones. 
what were, he turns us into terribly good people. He turns failures into awfully excellent performers. He turns our madness into controlled chaos when everybody around us is, 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 is panicking. We remain calm. He brings peace in the storm. Peace, the storm. It's all amazing what God does. But how does God do this? Thank you for asking. Three ways. Let me take a drink first. In verse 5, the Bible says, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. God, this is my first point, God builds us into a spiritual powerhouse. As we come to him, he builds us into a spiritual powerhouse. In the Old Testament, a spiritual house was also called a temple. Some of you who have been with the Lord a long time, you know what the meaning of the word temple is. But temple, if you look at Deuteronomy 12.5, a temple was where God put his name and his dwelling. So when the Bible says he builds us into a spiritual house, it means God puts his name and his dwelling on you. Child of God, as you walk around, you have the name and the presence of God in you. You are a spiritual house. But that spiritual house is not complete until your brick is laid on it. Each one of us are part of the great temple God is building. As we come to Jesus, God puts his name and dwelling on us. That's the first program, program number one. Secondly, as we come to Jesus, we have his name, we have his dwelling. What does he do? We become hosts of God on earth. A temple is a place where God is hosted. A temple is a place where the divine, the divinity is hosted on earth. As temples with God's name and his dwelling, he comes and tabernacles in you, in me, in us. As we gathered here, he's here, tabernacle with us. He becomes, we become his host just like my cell phone. My cell phone is a host of the network of the phone provider I have. And because of that, I am able to make communication between here and everywhere the network provider has jurisdiction. In the same way as hosts of God, communication exchanges between heaven and earth are transacted through me. I am the medium of transaction for the communications between heaven and earth. What does God want to say to his people? I am the medium of transaction. What do his people want to say to God? What are they crying out for? You are the medium. You are the host, child of God. You host Jesus in you. 
and number three on this program of God the Builder. So we come to him, builds us into a spiritual house, puts his name and dwelling on us, and as he does that, we become hosts. So number three, he, as hosts, God wants to find expression through us. Because now you have his name. You have his dwelling. You have his presence. You have his communication abilities. Now he wants you. He wants to find expression through us. That's what happens in verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So that what? So that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous, wonderful light. The reason God puts his name, the reason why God puts his dwelling, his presence on you, the reason why God wants to tabernacle with you is so that what? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. And Peter calls this a privilege, a privilege of being priests that have the king's special authorization, royal priest. When you, are, when you have the royal title on you, it means you have the whole backing of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has your back. You can speak things and the kingdom of God is responsible to make them happen because you are the ambassador of heaven. So how will God's name be honored in Hampton? How will God's presence be felt in Feltham? How will God's work be served in summary and stains? You got it. Through us, the living stones, the hosts of God's name, his dwelling and his presence. Listen to this child of God. And this is the most important thing I will say today. For God's power to be manifested through you and me, we got to align. We got to be aligned. We have to submit. We have to say, yes, sir. On the construction site, it doesn't matter how good you are at bricklaying. You have to obey the, the builder. God is building something, and he wants to work with us, but we must align. His wisdom, his glory are to be displayed through people who align to his will and to his purpose. As we come to Jesus, God putting his name and his dwelling on us and making us his hosts, then God begins to manifest himself through us. Before I talk about and conclude this, I want to talk about Jesus, the cornerstone. In ancient architecture, a cornerstone was the first brick that was laid from which the whole building derived its orientation. This stone was carefully chiseled to angles and placed. So everything else was measured against that stone. Jesus is the cornerstone in this program. He is faultless, carefully shaped. As God builds this house, the precious chief cornerstone is Jesus. 
He's your north star when you are lost at sea. He's your compass. He's your Google. He's your Wikipedia. Without Jesus, you don't have enough information. What does it mean? Two things as I conclude. Number one, what does it mean, Jesus being the cornerstone? It means, number one, his point of view on any matter matters the most. I'll repeat that. Jesus' point of view on any matter matters the most. Secondly, so whatever we come across, we ask, what would Jesus do? My child is sick. What would Jesus do? The doctor has given me a negative report. What would Jesus do? My, my boss seems to be playing tricks on me. What would Jesus do? He is the one we measure against our decisions and our opinions. Number two, since Jesus is the standard, we must watch out that we do not get offended by his claims and his demands on us. As living stones, we tend to have an opinion. We get stumbled by some of Jesus' demands. Why don't you, why, why didn't God heal me or my friend? Where was he when calamity was striking? Why didn't he stop this and that? And we can easily get offended in him. People stumble on God's will, on his word, on, and on his ways. We stumble on God's will, against God's will, against his word, and against his ways. Child of God, be careful. People who reject Jesus never build a house with a proper orientation. Watch out that you're not stumbled by the cornerstone, or you get out of line and disorient your house. Remember, God the builder alone knows. He alone knows the blueprint, the plan of the building. He alone knows the plans for your life, plans to prosper you and to bring you a hope and a future. Trust him. It may look like he's taking long, but keep coming to him. So as we come to him, as we align ourselves to him, he puts his name and his presence on us, makes us his resident hosts on earth and manifests himself through us. Let us yield to Jesus. Let us stay aligned to him, our chief cornerstone. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the rock. You are permanent, immovable, solid. You are dependable and certain. In you, all things hold together. Help us to trust you. Help us to be aligned to you. And help us to be a rock to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.